Impact Nation. Thank you guys so much for joining our channel here and finding us here at this video. We're really excited today hosting Trevor Williams from The Nation with Texas Tech Red Raiders. We're really excited about the matchup coming up this Saturday in Carter Finley Stadium at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Um, and it makes sense. This is the episode number two also for this uh, preview. Um, we're really excited, Trevor, to have you. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing really well, man. Um, we had the first episode. We were talking about the Texas Tech program as a whole and overview. Um, I know we talked about how there's some really nice alums there. They've been donating. We've talked about you know Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Uh, I, I I feel like there's other alums that people should know about too, like Wes Welker went at Texas Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, there's a guy in preseason for the Dolphins, Eric. Uz- is it Izukanma? Yeah. Yeah, man, he looked really good. So there's there's a lot of good players coming out of Texas Tech and uh, really excited to host the Red Raiders this weekend. Um, but I, I'll, I'll get started here. Uh, Trevor, um, looking at the quarterback position, um, you it's kind of unique right now, I feel like, for Texas Tech. You have a starter in Tyler Show. Is it Show or Shoe or how you pronounce that? Shuck, actually. Shuck, Shuck. okay. So <laughs> Tyler Shuck and uh, – he is he's been the starter um and I don't know if he played last season but I know he started off against Murray State and then now he's been injured and you have Donovan Smith coming in and he's uh he he was graded out really well PFF um in the Murray State game Houston tougher opponent still had some good grades there um but he's he's my understanding is the te- the fans almost viewed like you have two potential starters there at quarterback um can you talk a little bit about Shuck and can you talk a little bit about Donovan Smith there? Yeah, so Shuck joined from Oregon last season and he was mm-hmm. the starter going into the year. He started the first three games, the first of which was a comeback victory against Houston in Houston. Uh, and then in the third game in Austin against Texas, unfortunately had a season ending collarbone injury. And then we mm-hmm. ended up in this situation where uh, we had. Some other quarterbacks from uh, the Matt Wells era and staff that played a little bit there in the middle of the season, and then eventually we landed on Donovan Smith to close out the year last year, uh, led us to a bowl victory against Mississippi State. And then this season, going into the year, there was a a three-headed race for the QB1 spot with Shuck coming back from injury, Donovan Smith, who obviously, you know, led us to the bowl victory last year and had a lot of hype around him going into the year, and then also a highly talented recruit, Baron Morton, who is from here in Texas, um, from Eastland, and I, this is his sophomore year. So there was a yeah. there was a quarterback competition, and from all accounts, it was a very even competition. It seemed like any guy could win the job. In fact, a lot of a lot of people, from what I heard, thought that Donovan probably should have won the job to start. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, unfortunately, Shuck was hurt in the first quarter of the Murray State game. Again, it's the same shoulder. I think it's a little bit less severe of an injury this year. Uh, but still going to be out for a month or a little over a month. So uh, obviously went with went with Donovan Smith to start the Houston game. And yeah, like you said, uh, the grades on, on PFF and everything being very high is no shock to anybody, especially those of us who watched the Mississippi yeah. State game. Um, yeah. He can do it with his legs. He can move around. He's got a very powerful arm. And in some circumstances, the arm and how he can play – uh, around in the pocket and then throw off balance is a little Mahomes-esque. Uh, he's, I wouldn't say he has the same arm talent as Mahomes, 
or same overall talent, raw talent as Mahomes. But the things that he can do, you know, off script are, um, you know, has the fan base pretty excited. I think that's why there's some excitement around him. Uh, yeah. But no, he uh, obviously, like you mentioned, a little bit of a down spot against Houston. You know, a few interceptions, uh, tried to force some balls. There was one late that almost cost the game. Uh, tied up, about to go into overtime, and just forced a deep ball into some tight coverage. But aside from that, you know, a lot of it was, uh, like we mentioned in the first episode, some O-line issues that was allowing pressure all day. Um, so some of that's a little give and take. You can't put that all on the quarterback uh, when he knows, you know, the internal clock in the head has got to be a little quicker because he's, he's got guys in his face the whole game. Yeah. Um, go, ahead, go ahead, Michael. So with the, with the offense – and well, this is kind of offense and defensive question, but what seems to be the philosophy? Obviously, with the air raid offense and Zach Kitley, it's you know throw the ball a lot, score a lot of points. Um, is it is it is Joey McGuire trying to be more balanced between that air raid offense and defense, or is it just we're going to go out and we're going to score more points than you? Because I know there's some teams, especially in the ACC, that do that, like UNC sure. and Wake who just yeah. don't play defense, but yeah. what's, what seems to be the philosophy there? It seems that Joey McGuire coming from more of a defensive background already definitely wants to uh, establish a, a more pronounced and, and scarier defense than Texas Tech has been known for in the past. And like we had mentioned in episode one, you know, there was in the Cliff Kingsbury era, the game totals were usually set, you know, 60s, 70s, sometimes yeah. upper 70s just because of the lack of defense that, that was going to be played. But on the offensive on the offensive side with Kidley, I think, you know, the beauty of Kidley's system is that if we need to get in a shootout, it's very possible. And schematically, the air raid obviously allows for that. Um, but looking through the first two games, you know, and the first one being a blowout against Murray State may skew it a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, 95 pass attempts to 73 rushing attempts, uh, you know, relatively balanced and maybe a little more balanced yeah. than – um, a traditional, you know, Mike Leach or Cliff Kingsbury offense would look like. Right. Um, I'd be curious to see how that shakes out playing some tougher opponents like NC State and uh, playing Texas as well. But it seems that the offense, you know, like we mentioned with Kidley, comes from an air raid background. Bailey Zappi broke all kinds of records last year in his system. You know, there is there's the capability to throw the ball, throw it often, and uh, get downfield. But we've seen the, in the first couple of games there's – you know, some tunnel screens and some slip screens and things here and there where just trying to get the playmakers out in open space and let them make plays. Uh, we have three tight ends that are absolutely humongous. And so they have been finding ways, at least in the first couple of games, to find them in advantageous matchups over the middle and the red zone, things like that. We've seen some targets in the red zone going up high. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of a – whatever the defense gives you will do type of thing. Um, but obviously a tendency, I think a little bit more towards airing it out. I got you. So I'm curious, you mentioned Michael's talking about balance there as far as playing strong football on offense and defense. I, I want to, on the offensive side, focusing there for a little while. Um, do you see, what, what do you think the philosophy is on, on um, running the ball? I mean, do they, is there a philosophy there that they, run when they just have to? Do they want to mix that in pretty well? I, I saw watching 
at least the Texas, I mean, the Houston game. Um, I think it was, I'm looking here, your, your, uh, your running back, uh, Brooks had a, had a decent game. Um, had a really nice game, particularly, um, I think he's his highest grade was pass blocking. So he talked about that. Um, so what is the thought about running the ball there? Is it just, you know, is it just when you have to, or is it like, no, we're going to do 50, 50 or what are your thoughts there? It looks like in both of the two games, they've come out and wanted to, you know, establish the run a little bit and yeah. get the line moving downhill to uh, set up to set up passing, obviously. But um, in the Houston game, you know, there were a few, you know, quarterback draws called on, you know, third and long, second and long, you know, times where normally you would think an air raid offense would be throwing the ball. And so, you know, whether that's a byproduct of just having a mobile quarterback in Donovan Smith, or if that's part of the game plan to exploit the defense or part of the scheme, you know, I'm not sure, obviously, but I will say there were, you know, part of, I think there was some fan base that wasn't happy on some of the play calling and decision-making, like we'd mentioned late in the game in that Houston game that looked like it was going to cost us potentially. Um, And some of them were run plays on those downs and distances where you would assume that Kitley has, you know, an entire page of, of past concepts to get somebody over. And so um, it, I don't, it looks, it looked to me a little bit like they were trying to force Donovan Smith running the ball. Um, You know, and like I said, I don't know if that's something they saw in film that they could exploit with Houston, but uh, didn't have the success that I think they were looking for there. Uh, but with the running backs, yeah. yeah, like you said, Todd Brooks had a great game. Um, there was even a report that Joey McGuire was asked if there's some things behind the scenes that maybe the fans wouldn't know. And so we kind of have a you know two-headed running back system there with Todd Brooks and um, Sir Roderick Thompson. And he said that in the middle of the Houston game, Todd Brooks was playing so well that Sir Roderick Thompson went up to him and said, hey, Todd is playing good. Let's roll with Taj. And so right. it's just things like that where, you know, I like I mentioned, I think – Whatever's working for the offense is what they're going to do, and I think everyone's on board with that. Yeah, he he played sixty-seven snaps recorded here. It looks like uh, Tucker had a nice game. I'm I'm curious too. Um, we haven't really talked much about the receivers, and we keep talking about them yep. throwing the ball. We haven't really heard you talk about <laughs> that. I, I looks like you got a few really good uh, receivers there. I think your leading receiver looks like is Jared Bradley. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about him or any of the other receivers and? Uh, what their, I guess, their specialties are, if you will. What are they? Where do they stand out? Yeah, so Jaron Bradley, uh, pretty big body, can uh, get downfield and go up and high point the ball. Also, we've seen him, you know, on the sidelines, being able to use his body to, to create some separation there and some tight windows. Um, you got Log Fungi, who's a little smaller, I believe, than Jaron, but um, a good route runner can get all over the field, and then Miles Price as well. And those are kind of the three main guys that. Texas Tech was looking at going into the season. Um, one of the surprises from last week was Namai Martinez, who is actually a Lubbock native, uh, walked onto the team and got his first collegiate touchdown. Um, and he looked he looked great. He was coming out of the backfield running routes uh, in open yep. space. He was making people miss. He was kind of a surprise of the week, I would say, for the offense. Um, but And we also have, like I mentioned, the, the three big-body tight ends. So there's a, there's a lot of options there within the offense. And I'm excited to see how Kitley evolves throughout the year with his play calling and, and scheming up some of these guys' specialties getting open. Um, but, yeah, there's there's a lot of op- options there for the offense. Yeah, Nehemiah, you mentioned him being the surprise. He was the highest-graded receiver for y'all last week. Yeah. So I'm pro-PFF. So that's uh, 
that's that's really that's really impressive to see that you've got like four options there. Um, I, I I'm I'm going to shift over here to the defensive side of the ball because I feel like that's been this season one thing that I've been pleasantly surprised watching and looking into Texas Tech a little bit. Um, they've seemed to be a really underrated defensive uh, side of the ball, um, and you know they were you know Houston had some plays, but but there were some picks that were made by the defensive side of the ball for Texas Tech, um, too. Can you talk about, uh, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of your defensive unit? Yeah, coming into the season, the defensive line was the greatest strength that we knew we had coming in. Uh, up the middle, the middle linebacker is pretty solid as well. I think outside linebacker was kind of a question mark. And then the secondary returned a few guys. Um, but the secondary has really been – the Achilles heel of the Texas Tech defense for as long as most fans can remember. And in game one against Murray State, early on at least, it looked like that was going to continue this year. And um, for the not casual fans watching, even though it was a blowout, that was a question mark and obviously something to be a little concerned about when, you know, Murray State is is kind of carving up your, your secondary. Um, mm. But in the Houston game, that – that flipped. It was it was a complete 180. And Clayton Toon, you know, very good quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the American Athletic Conference, you know, was like 21 for 40, I think. A 20 for 39, uh, 44 QBR. And a lot of that was due to the secondary. And even when he had time to throw, it, it felt like the secondary was finally a cohesive unit for once, which is something that uh, tech fans have not been used to. And are not used to. So it was a it was definitely a pleasant surprise to see this past weekend. That's awesome. So like, is there? Um, you mentioned that being there. Is the you said the defensive line there? I've noticed that some of your line your linebacking core looks really strong. Can you talk about those guys? Yeah, Krishan Merriweather. I he got hurt in in the game. Uh, I think he should be playing. I'm I'm not positive on that one. Um, but Krishan Merriweather is a, a great inside linebacker for us. Like I mentioned, the outside linebackers kind of rotate in and out, and it's not as strong of a group for us. Um, but no, Mer- okay. Merriweather is good up front. And then in the middle, you know, Tony Bradford at the defensive line, at defensive tackle spot, um, can, can kind of be a plug there as far as, you know, run defense and then also um, can get to the quarterback a little bit as well. Before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Dress-Up Insurance Group, that has your whole world covered, with agents in five offices throughout eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need, offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Dress-Up protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Dress-Up. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. Yeah, I was looking here. You mentioned Merriweather. First thing you mentioned, last week against Houston, he was the highest-graded player for Texas Tech last week. So, I mean, I think for state fans, you kind of sound like that front – is it it a 4-3-4 scheme? What is the scheme they run there on defense? It's four down, um, you know, and then obviously – Linebackers have changed with the with the package, but yeah, four down. Yeah, lines. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm curious. It sounds like that's like that, that's your strength is up front. So, do you guys rely on getting the sacks and getting pressure on the QB to relieve your secondary? Is that how y'all looking at it? Yeah, I think so far, and 
you know, with, um, you know, with Tyree Wilson as well, he's on the defensive line, um, being mocked like in the first round of the NFL draft. For, he got a lot, he got a high grade too. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, that is definitely, uh, a strength of the defense. And I do think that that obviously will help the secondary not having to cover for as long. Um, but yeah, I mean, run, run defense and pass defense, both the defensive line have set, uh, a pretty good anchor for the tech defense so far through two games. Hmm. Right. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm go ahead, Michael, you got it. What's um, so uh, coming into this game, what is one thing if Texas tech is going to win, what do, what is one thing they need to do uh, perfectly in the game plan? I would say if Texas tech is going to win, since it's a hostile environment on the road, the offensive line, you know, needs to have their protection down. They need to have, you know, obviously snap counts. It's probably going to be very loud. So false starts, things like that, allowing pressures, allowing sacks. If Texas Tech is going to win, the offensive line is going to need to completely look different from last week. Um, you know, it was almost a, the turning point of the game last week. And if Texas Tech wants to win, you know, at North Carolina State, it's going to have to be the O-line that plays a perfect game. Well, then I guess likewise, what does um, – I guess – well, it sounds like you, you kind of answered it two ways. It sounds like it's all going to come down to your offensive line play is what it sounds like. Would you, is that what you would say? It feels like it. And then I, I would add on the defensive side, obviously facing a really good quarterback and probably the, the best quarterback that they, they faced so far through three games. Um, you know, the secondary is going to need to have a performance – similar to last week's and not, you know, week one against Murray State. So hopefully that's something that continues from the secondary um, and doesn't revert back to their old ways. But that's a that's a kind of a question mark on the defensive side, I think, at least until until we see them, you know, consecutively make these adjustments and be able to to kind of blank the opposition, the I'm sorry, the yeah. opposition's passing game. Right. Yeah. Well um I'm curious, Michael, you got a question for him? I was going to ask you, what do you think NC State needs to do to win the game? You're asking me or you're asking Trevor? Yeah. No, make it. Me. New. What do you me. think? Uh, what do, do I think State needs to do? Um, well, um, man. Um, so I'll just, I think State has really done well at um, a few things. I think they've really done well at being. Their, their, their secondary has been very good uh, lately. Um, I think that if State is going to win this game, um, I really think that – I think the secondary is going to have to um, really shine here. I think there's a chance that they could really make an impact on this game and really kind of feature how strong the unit is. Um, but I think we talked about it in our live show we had mm-hmm. uh, this week. Um I think I think our defensive line is going to need to play really well. Um, I, I, I it's to me honest to be blunt, it is kind of encouraging hearing you say that about the offensive line for Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> where I, I will tell you that on another note, um, the defensive line State runs a three three five a lot of times. That's their base packet, their base package they run, um, and the linebackers are the, the strongest part of. Our team, I will tell you that they have guys who are just, you know, Drake Thomas, uh, Peyton Wilson, 
Isaiah Moore and the second, the backups behind them are really good. But the defense, has, I would say the biggest thing is they've not had a great pass rush. They've not been able to get sacks and they've played East Carolina, yep. who is a respectable opponent and Charleston Southern. They were able to get pressure. They were able to, I know 10 QB hurries against Charleston Southern, but they weren't able to um, uh, really get the quarterback on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of me wants to say the secondary, but I now, now that I mentioned it, I, I do think the defensive line is going to need to play great. If the defensive line can get sacks in this game, I'm confident in our set in our in our um our offense. I'm confident in our secondary and our linebackers. I'm just concerned if we let Donovan Smith sit there and throw the ball the whole day. I mean, I I trust our secondary, but you know, particularly if he can run, that just kind of makes me a little nervous yeah. um just being able to get to him if he's if he's sitting there two three four five seconds throwing the ball yeah th- i mean that's not a recipe for success so that's my right. concern sure. for state um but to win i think i think the the, the defense is going to need um to be you know that comes down to the defensive line being uh the make or break for us to be honest with right. you what do you think michael <laughs> I said, I, th- I think our running game, um, you know, Trevor, you mentioned the defensive line and linebackers being the strength of that unit. And um, that was a, our running game was a concern coming into the season. We were last yep. in the ACC yep. last year. So far, second it's to last, better. Second to last. Yeah. <laughs> so far, it's looked better um, this season through two games. Um, but yeah, I think if we can have success running the ball against the Texas tech front front seven night or however many it is. I think that yeah. that will go a long way for us. Yeah. So I guess to wrap it up here, Trevor, um, I, I'll leave it open. If you want to give a score prediction or a game prediction of the outcome, um, you don't have to, but um, how are you feeling? How is the nation feeling about this game? Not necessarily just the fans, but from y'all's perspective, how are y'all feeling about the game? I think it's going to be a good litmus test for mm-hmm. where the program is sitting at through three games. Obviously, it's a new coaching staff. I don't expect Texas Tech to walk in there and win, especially not easily. You know, obviously, if it is a win, I think it's it's going to be a grind to get there. But I do think what's what's more important to me then the end result is uh, how does the team respond to the adversity of playing on the road for the first time, playing a yep. ranked opponent on the road at night? That's that's a little more important to me than the end result. Um, like sure. I mentioned, Donovan Smith came in at the end of last year and did some great things, helped us you know, beat Iowa State at home, um, You know, led us to a win in the bowl game. But he's never started a game and won on the road. So – that's not something easy, and it's especially not easy to, to go and do against uh, a, a ranked non-conference opponent that you're not familiar with either. So I think, yeah. you know, as far as game prediction, I think something like 35 to 24 NC State, maybe somewhere in that range probably sounds about what I would expect. Um you know, like sure. I said, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the secondary can can hold up two games in a row. You know, Clayton Tune, obviously, we looked pretty good against him. It was a home game. 
So I'm, I'm right. interested to see how the secondary and defense holds up against Devin Leary at NC State. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you, I don't think State fans feel overly confident. I know you said Texas Tech fans maybe feel that way a little bit, but for me personally, and I think I think for most fan bases, I think to give Texas fans some, I don't say hope, like they don't have any, but just to kind of give them an inside perspective, State fans, um, you know, they almost lost that game against East Carolina. Yeah, uh, it was a – people don't realize how tough a game that was going to be for NC State because – that's ECU's Super Bowl. They ECU. We had a guy from the back uh, Boneyard podcast who does ECU, and he's like talking about how you know, well, I would never let my child go to NC State. We hate them, and blah blah blah. And it's like they hate NC State. And it was a it was a game where um, I thought we played kind of vanilla I, or plain. I didn't yeah. think we really wanted to show a lot, and we played a little too conservatively, and we kind of shot ourselves in the foot there. Second half, just not. I won't say penalties. There were some penalties there, but we had poor tackling. Yeah. That definitely changed. They said the practice week going into Charleston Southern this past week was um, was miserable um, <laughs> because they were ranking them play. They were ranking them practice their their butts off. Yeah. But um, I, I don't think state fans feel like, oh yeah, we're going to we're, we're ranked number sixteen. We're going to just whoop. Take no, they don't feel that way. Sure. They look at this as like. This is going to be our true test, and we've seen one true test kind of not look so great. Although State was up twenty-one to seven at halftime, they just they just were playing casual that game. I yeah. I don't think you're going to see them play casual, yeah. but I I I do I do think there's a sense of, hey man, this could this could be a game. I would not be surprised to see State lose just because um, there's the NC State expression of there's. NC State stuff. Usually there's another word following and substitute for stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think State fans think they will win the game, that State's going to win the game. Again, playing inside Carter Finley Stadium at night um, historically has been very positive for State. Um, as I imagine, most games are for any home team at night. Yeah. Um, right. So, I think we feel good, but I do think there's an open. We do feel like, you know, Texas Tech has a really good shot. They're a really good team. Um, they really throw the ball around very well. I think the defense is very underrated for Texas Tech. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it'll be an exciting game. Um, I'm just my, – my my last question for you is, do you think any uh, Texas Tech fans will uh, travel well for this game? That's a it's great, a long ways away. It is, it is a long ways away, but, you know – like for the basketball program, the past few years, we've been fortunate enough to have some games in like Madison Square Garden and some very cool venues like that. And it seems that the fans do travel well. And the alumni base is very, very large. The, the undergrad, you know, I think it's like 40,000 and growing or 35,000 and growing. Wow. It, it's, yeah. it's a large it's a large, you know, alumni base and it's spread out all over the country. So, you know, obviously I, I don't think it's going to be super packed, but I think you'll see I think you'll see a decent amount of them. I, I will give you and your fans one one other uh, thing that maybe um, may give you a little more confidence going into the weekend. Next <laughs> next weekend, Texas Tech hosts UT. I saw this. Yeah. I saw that. Potentially the last time in the Big 12. And that yeah. that is looming large, I think, on everyone's calendars and everyone knows. And I, I hope that this is not a look-ahead spot 
or something where, you know, they yeah. get, they get down early and, and throw in the towel. So that that's, you know, kind of has, as I was mentioning earlier with, with the new Joey McGuire, you know, regime, that's what I'm most curious to see is responding to some adversity and being able to play if they're down, being able to still play with some heart and some fight and some desire. And I think at the end of the day, that will be a positive for the program going forward. Right. Yeah, man. Hey, no Quinn Ewers. I mean, what? it'll be <laughs> interesting to see Texas, uh, how they play. And you know, is it is it in Austin or is it in Lubbock? Lubbock. Oh, Ooh. man, that's going to be an awesome environment. We'll have to make sure we tune in for that one. But before then, obviously, we've got this <laughs> NC State-Texas Tech game. So um, it might be hard um, uh, spotting out the Texas Tech fans because they'll be wearing red, black, yes. or white, just like NC State yeah, fans will. So, yeah, and I, hey – Tech, uh, NC State, I would say, is the better, um, the best tailgating um, uh, school for football in the state. Um, and you definitely, for the Texas Tech fans that's watching, definitely, you know, the the fans there are very welcome. You join the tailgate, yeah, come having a good time, very hospitable. Um, it should be a really good environment if you're there. Um, very fun. But uh, we're really looking forward to uh, this game. And Trevor, like, we were really thankful to man that you had we had you on with the Nation um, podcast and show. And um, could you give the fans at NC State any idea where they can find you? Yeah, so on Twitter at Guns Up Nation is where you can find all of our tweets and all of the links to any articles and podcasts and anything like that. Awesome. Well, guys, that wraps up this preview, episode two for Texas Tech. We're really excited about this game. I really enjoyed this interview here with the nation, Trevor. Um, So, guys, be sure to like and subscribe, um, like this video, subscribe to the channel. Be sure to join uh, join as a member to this channel. We got some exclusive interviews we do with a whole host of other uh, recruits and commits and things like that and special topics we talk about. So um, really appreciate you all joining this uh, channel and supporting this channel. Um, looking forward to seeing you guys in Raleigh uh, uh, Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Uh, tailgating starts at 2 for those who do that. It's going to be really fun, um, but should be an awesome game. So, as always, go Pack, guys. Aww.